Hello, everyone. This is the first semi-charmed podcast brought to you by JML, which is me, partnering with Hell in a Forum for our wrestling and 3EB Lifestyle for our music and lifestyle podcast. This week, we'll be talking about WrestleMania and NXT TakeOver and the latest inductions into the WWE Hall of Fame. And I will be playing a song for everyone, not me personally, but it has something to do with wrestling. So, again, we'll... uh We'll play that song for you. All right, we're back. That was some Kid Rock for you. American Badass. Kid Rock going into the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the Celebrity Wing. Uh, We'll talk more about the uh, Hall of Fame in a different segment. Right now we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver. And the card and the build-up to this NXT event. Uh, we'll get right right into it. Uh, first match that I see is the NXT Tag Titles. Uh, Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain versus Strong and Pete Dunne. Uh, this is an interesting uh, tag match. Because we have Bobby Fish, who's out... For at least six months with his injury. Um, so now it's going to be Adam Cole with O'Reilly teaming up. Um, Authors of Pain, I'm just very surprised that they're still um, in NXT at this point. It's kind of like they're just part of the mix. And I don't know if Creative has anything for them right now uh, in terms of joining the main roster, but. I would have figured after they lost the tag belts, uh, they would have shot right up to the main roster because I I think they're ready. I don't think they're another Ascension. Um, So for me, I'm going to go with the... I don't think the Authors of Pain have any chance of winning this. I just think they're filler in this card. Uh, Well, in this match... Strong and done. I kind of like this tag team. I think Roddy needs gold in NXT to solidify his standing. But I don't know. It's a a tough one. I'm actually going to have to go with the uh, Undisputed Era retaining and Cole uh, potentially holding two titles by the end of the night. Uh, And we'll get into that match as well. The second match that I'll go over with you is Gargano Ciampa, uh, unsanctioned match. Um, Gargano was forced to leave NXT when he lost to Andrade Cien Almas on NXT a month or two ago. Uh, well, with WWE logic, uh, we'll just make this unsanctioned because we need to have this match, we need to have this blow off match. Between these two. And if it's anything like the Cruiserweight Classic match that they had, um, we're we're into uh, a, a treat. Uh, this is just... I mean, number one, the storyline started uh, in... Was it NXT TakeOver Chicago when Ciampa turned on Gargano? Ciampa took some time off to heal an injury. And, I mean, this is this could steal the show. I mean, for me, this might be the main event match, even though it might not be the last match on the card. Um, it seems like anytime these two are in a ring, whether it's a tag team or against each other, they put on some of the best matches consistently, and I, I I don't know what's next for either of them, but I'm I'm certainly enjoying their uh, their runs in, in NXT. Uh, I'm 
just surprised at how hated Chapa's become after being so beloved as a uh, as a babyface. He totally flipped the script, and he has become the the Blackheart. I wish they sold his T-shirt uh, that he's wearing, but apparently they're they're not because they they don't want any cheers for Chapa. Um, so after this match, I mean. Where does Gargano go from here? Uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but he is, in my opinion, he's one of the top 10 performers in the wrestling business right now. Uh, his ability to tell a story, to sell, um, to do flips, to do kicks. I mean, he's just on a different level. Like, he's in the top one percent of his profession um can he succeed on the main roster or is gargano destined to join 205 live at this point i really don't know um like i said before i'm certainly enjoying the uh the layout or the the build-up that we've received for this feud i'm glad that you know, they, I'm not glad. I, in a way, the injury to Ciampa was a blessing in disguise because we've been salivating for this matchup since June. And, you know, nine months later, we're finally getting this. And I I think this is going to be up for match of the year. I mean, Gargano and, and Almas at TakeOver... Philly uh, got five stars from Meltzer. What is this going to get? Is this going to be a six-star match? I mean, that would be unprecedented. So, and now jumping in to the NXT Women's Championship, Ember Moon versus Shayna Blazer, Baszler. Back at NXT TakeOver Philly in January, uh, Shayna was unsuccessful in claiming the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, she did uh, hurt Ember's shoulder or her arm. Um, they've done a great job of building Shayna as a uh, as a heel, like a legit badass, um, which is something that I don't think they've done with Ronda. Uh, we'll get into that when I talk about WrestleMania. But I think Ember Moon has been serviceable as NXT Women's Champion. Uh, but I, I don't think she's knocked it out of the park. And I haven't been overly impressed with her uh, since she's won the title. I, I know she's battled some injuries. But uh, this is going to be her coming out party. And I actually think Ember Moon retains here. And, and oh, by the way, I didn't make a prediction for Gargano Ciampa, but f- for me, uh, Ciampa should win that match. Uh, I think overall, Ember Moon needs this win more than Shayna. I think Shayna has less to prove, even though she's not the champion. I mean, they've built her into a badass. Like, yeah, granted, a loss here might undo some of that, but. I don't know. I, if they're going to slingshot Ember Moon into the main roster, I think that's a mistake right now. I think they should have her get another kind of fluky win over Shayna and like keep going with this for a little while until TakeOver Brooklyn um, in August. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. This card's really, really stacked. Uh, then we have the ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. It's a ladder match. Uh, we have Adam Cole, who's doing double duty. First Velveteen Dream, first Killian Dane, first Lars Sullivan, first Ricochet, versus EC3. The debut match, I believe, for uh, Ricochet and EC3 on NXT, which is great. <laughs> Uh, 
EC3 is one of those guys who he was in WWE as Derek Bateman. He's rebuilt himself as EC3. He became the embodiment of that character and uh, WWE definitely saw something different in him as well uh, to bring him back into the fold and basically slingshotting him into a uh, a title match at NXT. Um, Velveteen Dream. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the character development. Uh, it's a it's a very goofy gimmick, but he's made it his own. Uh, Killian Dane's just a badass. Lars Sullivan's a badass. Uh, Ricochet is one of the best in the world, along with Gargano. Uh, they're in the top 1% of their, uh, you know, profession. We also have Adam Cole in the match. And, and Adam Cole, to me, is also up there. He's definitely in the, in the top 10. Uh, this is a very hard one to actually pick as well. Um, since it's a ladder match, I kind of, I kind of rule out the big men, which would be Dane and Lars Sullivan, because all the uh, Money in the Bank matches, the only big guy to win was Kane. Um, so I'm gonna rule them out. I don't think it's Velveteen Dream's uh, shot yet. So at least in between Cole, Ricochet, and EC3. I think Cole's going to win. I think they're going to make Cole a dual champion. Uh, and kind of set up a, a storyline for the future with uh, another guy. And with that being said, it kind of segues into what I want to talk about. is the NXT championship. Uh, we have Andrade. Andrade Cien Almez versus Alistair Black. Uh, basically, it's been a year since Alistair Black debuted um, in NXT, and I think he has definitely done a great job, and creative's done a great job building him to this point. Uh, he's legit. Um, He's he's so over, and and I actually think he's going to be more over uh, if he ever, or if and when he makes the main roster, whether it's Raw, SmackDown. Uh, I'm glad that they never went the 205 Live uh, route with Aleister Black because this guy, I, I just think he's going to be a future world champion. Uh and for that matter, I actually think Almez will be a future world champion as well. Uh, he has built himself into, I think, the top performer in NXT. And he was sitting there the whole time in front of us while he was taking losses uh, in his whole package with uh, the, the valet. It's just Selena. Like, she's just been, it's been unbelievable that the whole package that they threw together. And I think it's time for him to go to the main roster. I think Alistair Black's going to win the NXT championship. And we're going to get Alistair Black, Adam Cole, basically, Undisputed Error, is going to try to stake claim to every title in NXT and make all the titles an Undisputed Error. So... That's kind of my, if I was booking it, that's that's how I would go with it. Um, we do have the ability to call and, and leave me a message after this podcast to tell me how wrong I've, <laughs> I was with my predictions. But, hey, it is what it is. Like I'm just unbelievably thrilled with this card and super excited uh, to watch this and... I'm pretty sure it's going to deliver. There hasn't been a takeover uh, that I've ever been disappointed in, so it's certainly not going to start now. All right. That was some sexual chocolate, baby. Now we're going to move on to the WWE Hall of Fame 2018 inductees. Uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry 
uh, I believe he debuted in 96, and I didn't know what to think of him. It might have been 96, 97. And, you know, they were definitely playing on the Olympian uh, gimmick. And, I don't know, he was very cookie-cutter. You know, the old-school baby face trying to get himself over. And at the time, you had the attitude error, and he definitely... You know, he's definitely green in the ring. His matches were kind of clumsy. And, you know, then he morphed uh, into the nation, Mark Henry, which was pretty entertaining. Like, him and D'Lo, I thought, had great chemistry. D'Lo Brown had great great chemistry together. Uh, they were a solid tag team. Uh, then they broke them up. And... He turned, like, full-fledged heel until the sexual chocolate character, which made him, you know, over again. And uh, then he seemed to kind of disappear. I think he went to Ohio Valley. Um, He was definitely a late bloomer in his career. Like, the best stuff happened towards the tail end of his career, and they just made him into a badass. Uh... He even had a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. I think that was WrestleMania 22, the casket match. Um, And then he kind of, I I don't know. He was just always, he was always there. He was always consistent. He was a big presence. Uh, He did a lot of charity work for WWE. Um, Yeah, I mean, he definitely deserves the Hall of Fame just based on the Hall of Pain gimmick that he was uh, given when he won the world title. He won the world title for Brandy Orton. He had a few-month run with that belt. And uh, he's just a Hall of Fame person. And can't can't say enough good things about him. Um, you have Hillbilly Jim, who's being inducted by Jimmy Hart. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember too much about Hillbilly Jim other than the fact that uh, he was wildly over. And then I remember for a short time, uh, he was actually the manager of the Godwins. I believe he was actually their manager at WrestleMania 12, one of the WrestleManias that I attended. Um, I mean, I I guess he deserved to get in. I I don't know because I never really clamored over Hillbilly Jim. Uh, then you have Ivory, who's being inducted by Molly Holly. Ivory did a lot. I mean, if you don't... <laughs> she was more than just the tough enough judge, and she was more than just the uh, WWE or WWF Women's Champion. Uh, she was one of the founding women figures uh to help move along women's wrestling like she was in the original glow uh she was there for a very long time and she wrestled in japan she paid her dues she finally made it to wwe later on in her career uh her best gimmick i thought in wwe was the right to censor gimmick which was just awesome like it fit her so well um and she was just like beloved behind the scenes it's just you know she she definitely deserves the nod um as far as the tag teams we have the Dudley boys going in this year Edge and Christian inducted them the Dudley boys have the most tag team titles of any tag team ever the most decorated tag team of all time uh, Edge and Christian and the Hardys, I don't think the rivalry uh, ever reached its peak until the Dudleys got involved. Like, the Edge and Christian Hardys rivalry was great, but once the Dudleys came over from ECW, it just it hit a whole nother level. Those TLC matches are some of the best matches ever done in the modern era, and they're still chasing those matches today when they do TLCs. Uh, it's also interesting because I think uh, Bubba 
reinvented himself as well uh, outside of WWE when he had a solo run as uh, Bully Ray. Um, and we never kind of we never got that in WWE. Uh, I remember when they did the first draft, they split them apart and they kind of gave Bubba Ray a push, but then they brought them back together because Devon was floundering over on SmackDown as Deacon. I mean, not Deacon, uh, Reverend Devon. Um, but I mean, you can't argue with the Dudley Boys. They're one of the best tag teams ever uh, created, and they're definitely on most people's top five of all time. So congrats to them. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Kid Rock. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the Warrior Award because I, I just don't know enough about the Warrior Award recipient to uh, comment on it. But obviously, it's probably a stand-up individual. I believe it's a, a boy under the age of 10 that's receiving it, Jarius J.J. Robertson. Um, so Jeff Jarrett is getting into the Hall of Fame this year, being inducted by Road Dog, And Jeff Jarrett uh, is very polarizing within the wrestling industry and, and outside of it by, by fans. But, I mean, my God, that man, I mean, you could think, uh, you could say he's a shitty wrestler, whatever the case may be, but that guy has such a creative mind, and he was always trying to reinvent his gimmick uh, he has such a passion for pro wrestling. Obviously, his family was involved, and it's really his his DNA. It's in his DNA. It's in his blood. Uh, he he bleeds wrestling, pro wrestling, and one of the things that I remember about Double J Jeff Jarrett in WWE was he was one of the best heels. Like he just drew heat. Every time he came out, he got booed. There was there wasn't ever a time I remember that man getting cheered. Uh, it's kind of like what the Miz is right now. Like the Miz and Jeff Jarrett are very similar um, characters. I think the Miz might be able to cut a better promo, but Jeff Jarrett and the Miz they draw heat. Like they're they're just the I don't know they're just douchebags, right? So. <laughs> And at the time, he held the record for most IC reigns. I think he had five or six before he left and went to WCW. And I don't want to get into the semantics of, you know, he held Vince up for more money because his contract expired. Like, I'm not going to get into the details of that. Um, you know, he left. He went to WCW. He held the WCW title uh, two or three times under the Vince Russo error, and it is what it is. I mean, I think he definitely deserves to go in. His work in TNA and finding talent and developing talent, I think, is is his crowning achievement. You know, he took chances on guys like AJ Joe, Styles. Uh, they took Lashley. They took EC3. They helped revive you know, Kurt Angle's career. It was a place for Sting to go. Like, there was that one time where TNA was somewhat of a threat to WWE, and the mastermind behind it was Jeff Jarrett. And I actually like would like to see Jeff Jarrett involved in WWE creative, um, even if it's down in NXT. But I actually think he might be the SmackDown GM at one point. We'll get into that when I talk about WrestleMania. And then the last inductee for the 2018 WWE Hall of Fame being inducted by Paul Heyman is Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg basically finished up his career last year. Uh, he won the Universal title from Kevin Owens. He had two matches with Lesnar. He was in the 2017 Royal Rumble. Um, he got his redemption. I mean, his previous run with WWE, especially the way that it ended with the WrestleMania 20 match with Lesnar, left the sour taste in everyone's mouth. Um, and he realizes at a 
older age that, hey, this is probably the last year I can I can come back and possibly do this. And I want to show my son, you know, what his daddy did. And he did it. I think I thought he did a great job. Uh, the match last year with Lesnar at Mania was one of the best five-minute main event title matches I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there's not a lot of five-minute main event title matches, but I was thoroughly entertained by that match. Um, and I was always entertained by Goldberg. I mean, yeah, granted, was he the best technician? No, but he was just a legit badass presence. He had it. And WCW wrote that to the 178-0. And, you know, he held the WCW title twice. He held the world title once. He held the universal title. He held the U.S. title. He held the WCW tag titles. He's a very decorated athlete and within the wrestling industry. And he deserves to be there. He deserves to be the headliner for this Hall of Fame class. So... That's it for the Hall of Fame. And, you know, my next segment I'll be talking about WrestleMania. All right. The moment everyone's been waiting for. The WWE WrestleMania 34 predictions. Synopsis. Well, not synopsis. Overview. Of the card. Uh, first match. I think I'm going to talk about. It's not, it's not a match. It's, it's the pre-show. Uh, we have the Battle Royals. First one. The Andre and the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, last year Mojo Raleigh won it. Uh, it was kind of out of left field. I think Baron Corbin won it. The year before that. and I don't know. We had Cesaro at one point. Uh, this year... I'd like to see someone like Dolph Ziggler win. I think it'd give him a, a push in the right direction, give him something to brag about. Uh, he'd literally be stealing the pre-show. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, so my prediction, Dolph Ziggler. WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Uh, I think just the way that this has been built, it's a two-woman race. It's uh, Sasha and Bayley. I, I, I'm still torn and who's going to win. I think Bailey should screw over Sasha for once. Win this match. Turn. I don't even need, think she needs to turn heel, but she just needs to shed this uh, gimmick of being the lovable... Uh, now it's like the lovable loser. She, at NXT, she was the lovable underdog winner. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Bailey. This is my podcast, and I can do what I want. Then we have Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali, tournament final for the Cruiserweight Championship, vacated by Ansel Amore. Ansel Amore is basically now Benoit himself from WWE. Uh, no mention of the guy anymore. He actually hasn't been on social media since the whole uh, allegations against him came out. Uh, very strange. Very strange. Uh, we haven't heard anything about that since the news broke uh, in January. Uh, I don't know which route they're going to go. I think Mustafa should actually win it, but Cedric's probably going to win it. Um, I don't know where they go from here with the show, but, I mean, it's the match quality has been awesome since they've... Uh, Basically given Triple H the reins of 205 Live and Vince has nothing to do with it. So it's been a really solid wrestling show. Uh, the Buddy Murphy versus Kalisto match that was on 205 Live was one of the best matches I've seen this year. Um, yeah, so that only took about three minutes to for the pre-show. And uh, that's probably all I'm going to pay attention to the pre-show to be honest with you. Uh, not excited at all. I'm glad they picked those three uh, matches for the pre-show because it gets pretty meaty after that. Uh, I'll jump right into the return of Daniel Bryan teaming with Shane McMahon versus uh, Sammy KO. 
I mean, this this thing's been built for uh, seems like a year. Uh, Daniel Bryan now getting cleared to wrestle has been awesome. Uh, how over is Daniel Bryan? He like he's on an Austin like level of being over. Like to see this uh, continue with him. I hope he doesn't get hurt uh, because he's definitely a money maker for them. And I've never really been a Daniel Bryan fan, or I wasn't before. But I think right now I became a fan because of how much he loves professional wrestling. Like he's sacrificing his his body and well-being to do something that he loves and it's it's tremendous um i guess if owens and zane lose uh they won't get rehired so somehow i think those two will win the match zane and ko winning then we have kurt angle and ronda rousey Versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Now, this build has gotten some polarizing responses. Uh, people are overly critical of Rhonda. Like, give her a break. It's her first, what, month in front of the WWE cameras. I mean, a lot of people floundered when they first uh, appeared on WWE TV. From, you know, like even Kurt Angle did. Even Kurt Angle did. So I think this is the perfect person for her to tag with and buddy up with in her initial foray into this sport. Um, I mean, who better to learn from than Kurt Angle, one of the greatest performers of all time? Uh, I I just hope they don't bury Ronda here in this match or not have her win. Like, I think... She definitely needs to win this match. Break Stephanie's arm. Stephanie, you know, goes behind the scenes for a little bit. Takes her annual vacation. And uh, we go go on from there. Um, I think Ronda, the plan will be Ronda at next year, next year's Mania going against Asuka. They have to build this the right way. This is the first step to it. Looking forward to seeing where they go with this and how often she actually does appear on TV. So I'm going to give Angle and Rousey the uh, victory here. Then we have the triple threat match, the Usos, the New Day, and Bludgeon Brothers. Now, the Usos... uh, This was another uh, team I was never... A fan of their gimmick. And I was so happy when they got rid of it. Because now. This is who they are. And they have embraced it. And I actually think. They were awesome in the ring before. They're they're on a whole other level. Of great. Uh, I think. They have solidified themselves. As the best. Tag team. In the modern era. Like, in this, from 2005 to current, they are the best tag team. No one can touch them. I mean, they've had great matches with the New Day. I do like the New Day, but the Usos are, in my opinion, better performers. Uh, I mean, they've just just been so, so great over the last year and change. Uh, It's just been awesome uh then we have the bludgeon brothers involved harper and rowan hey like i like the gimmick they've built them up pretty well uh they're giving them something to do they're actually in a match which i I don't know bray wyatt might not be in a match at this mania but braun Strowman, harper and rowan are the new day have to be a part of wrestlemania in a showcase match because they move so much merch and they're still hugely over with the crowd. Um, I'm actually going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with the Bludgeons with uh, someone from the New Day 
taking the fall, setting up the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers feud uh, that I thought we should have got a couple months ago because uh, they stretched out the New Day and Usos feud. But hey, whenever we get it, it'll be, be great. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bludgeon Brothers. Then we have another tag team match for the Raw tag team titles. Cesaro and Sheamus versus Braun and whoever he chooses. Uh, rumors of Bray Wyatt, rumors of Big Show, rumors of uh, Big Cass, uh, Elias. I don't know who it is, but whomever the partner will be, uh, that that person's going to be winning the tag team belts because there's no way that Braun loses at WrestleMania this year. Braun Strowman, like I was saying about the Usos, over the last year, if you want to look at last year's WrestleMania to this year's WrestleMania, that guy has built himself into almost the face of WWE. That's how over the man is, and he's just killing it. He, uh, I, he's basically, in my opinion, he has taken the Undertaker spot of big, intimidating dude who fans are embracing. That's who Braun Strowman is, and I love it. And he's going to be a tag team champion. Then we have. Arguably the match that could steal the show, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka, the two best women in the business uh, right now. Uh, I, I don't know if you can argue putting anyone above those two. Charlotte's just unbelievable, so is Asuka. Uh, Asuka's still undefeated. Charlotte... Basically, she never loses unless she loses the the, the title. Um, Asuka won the first ever women's Royal Rumble, and she elected to challenge Charlotte for a match after four weeks. Because uh, we thought we were going to get Asuka versus Alexa, but we didn't get that. But we got a different match, which... I'm fine with this is a better match and with all things being said uh, Asuka wins this is going to set the course for the next year which will be an Asuka rather Rousey match at Wrestlemania 35 in MetLife Stadium which I'll be attending for sure uh, so again Asuka winning that one then we have Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Uh, Alexa Bliss, since the first draft, has been just phenomenal. Uh, Bliss has just been great. Uh, then you have Nia Jax, who they built this storyline where Alexa's calling her fat and all this stuff. And I don't know what to take of it, but it's definitely drawn the Nia over to the baby face side of things. Um, I'm going to be honest here. I don't see Nia winning the belt here. I think she's going to end up losing this match at WrestleMania. Or if she does win, it's going to be by DQ or some fluky thing. And where she's not going to win the title, then she'll eventually win the title at a subsequent pay-per-view. Um, but I have to make a prediction of who will win the match. I'm going to go with Nia by DQ. Uh, the next match is a Fatal 4-Way. Rusev versus Jinder. Versus Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton for the U.S. title. Uh, Randy Orton, the only reason he has the belt right now was is to say he's a Grand Slam champion. 
and put him in a match at WrestleMania. I love Randy Orton. I'm one of Randy Orton's biggest fans. But, I mean, his character has been pretty uninteresting since the uh, since he dropped the WWE title to Jinder Mahal last year. After his feud with Bray, it's like Randy Orton's just been part of the mix. And it and it's weird because I I feel like Randy Orton should be like John Cena. Like Randy Orton should be a free agent. He should have the ability to go show to show and pick and choose who he wants to work with. And that would actually freshen up his character. But hey, what do I know? I'm not part of WWE creative. Uh, Bobby Roode, for me, I, I haven't been, and I'm going to catch a lot of heat for this, I haven't been impressed at all with his main roster run. Uh, he is not a babyface. In TNA, I don't ever remember him being a babyface, and if he was, it was only a couple months and then he turned heel again. Bobby Roode just has douchebag written all over his face, and that's what they need to run with. He needs to turn heel. You have Jinder Mahal. I actually kind of liked his WWE title reign. Yeah, I'm going to catch flack for that. You have Rusev, who's just hugely over. If I was booking this match, Rusev would win this match. But I think Jinder's going to win this match. Setting up a Jinder-Rusev feud uh, for the U.S. title. And then Bobby Roode and Randy Orton will probably have their own feud over, I don't know, something. They'll, they'll make something up. Or, like, Rick, Bobby Roode will screw Randy out of the belt. I don't know. But I haven't been overly impressed by them at all. So, I mean, by Randy or Bobby since basically the same time period. Uh, so again, my prediction, Jinder Mahal winning the U.S. title. Um, so he'll be not only a, a w, former WWE champion, but he'll be a U.S. champion. Um, so in 2028 or 2038, he'll be a part of the WWE Hall of Fame as well. Then we have Triple Threat Match, which this is also going to like burn down the house. This is going to be an awesome match. The Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor Intercontinental Championship. The Miz is only a few days away from being the longest longest combined days as Intercontinental Champion. Um, you have Finn Balor, the first ever Universal Champion. You have Seth Rollins, uh, who's a former WWE Champion. Grand, Grand Slam champion. Um, or if he wins this, he'll be the Grand Slam champion. So, a lot of intrigue here. Um, I actually think Finn Balor's going to win this match. I think Finn Balor needs it the most right now to help propel him back up the card. Uh, Seth Rollins doesn't need it right now. Um, and I think Seth Rollins will feud with whomever the Universal Champion is, the way they've been showcasing Seth Rollins, whether it's the Royal Rumble, the Elimination Chamber match, the Gauntlet match that they had, or, yeah, the Gauntlet match on Raw. Like, they've been showcasing how good Seth Rollins is uh, for over the last few months, and I think he's above that IC title at this point. Um... Congrats to The Miz on his baby. Uh, I just... It's it's a two-man race between The Miz and Balor, and I'm going to go with Balor on this one. And then um, the match that everyone wants to see, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. We got this match at Wrestle Kingdom a couple of years ago, which was a great match. One of the best matches of that year. Uh, now we're getting it at WrestleMania. So these two men know each other very well. Uh, they're friends in and out of the ring. Shinsuke Nakamura won the Royal Rumble. 
uh, a few, couple months ago and immediately selected AJ Styles uh, for this match and for AJ to defend the WWE Championship. AJ Styles, in my opinion, is the best in the business right now. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. The guy's on a whole nother level of just ridiculousness. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, I I get it. He's he's a great performer. I just think WWE's watered him down a little bit. Uh, we're not getting some of the stuff that we saw over in Japan. And I hope this match, they let him do it and they let Styles do it the way that we saw it in Japan. So we can get in the future Shinsuke Nakamura that we saw in Japan, that we saw against Sami Zayn at NXT TakeOver Dallas. Because that's the Shinsuke Nakamura that we need. Um, with that being said, I had to make a prediction. I'm going to go with Shinsuke Nakamura winning the WWE title. Um, although I can also see AJ retaining, like, I'm 51% Shinsuke winning this match, 49 AJ retaining. Uh, whatever the outcome or whatever the outcome will be, it's going to be an entertaining match and one that should be positioned as the main event. Now, what I want to talk about is the elephant in the room. John Cena for four Street. Four straight weeks on Monday Night Raw. He's called out The Undertaker. He's called the names. Uh, not even on just Monday Night Raw, but on social media. He's been throwing shots at him. Undertaker hasn't responded. Um, are we going to get an Undertaker appearance? Are we going to get a match? My, the way I would book it, I would just have the Hall of Famers come out. You have Kid Rock be just lingering behind. Kid Rock grabs a mic. He asked John Cena, who's sitting ringside and has the camera on him. He, and, you know, the camera cuts back and forth, and Kid Rock just asks a simple question to John Cena. Hey, are you scared? John Cena just has a bewildered look on his face, and all of a sudden we see Undertaker with the motorcycle revving it up, top of the ramp, and we get a performance of American Badass Taker coming down, and Taker pointing at the sign, pointing at Cena, referee coming out from behind them, and we get a brawl. We get a brawl that's also a match. And at the end of it, you know, I just hope The Undertaker goes over and then rides off into the sunset. And at next year's WrestleMania, the Hall, Hall of Fame inductee, uh, the main marquee name being The Undertaker. That's the way he needs to go out. Go out against John Cena. John Cena does not need the win. Give The Undertaker his moment. Especially after last year putting Roman over. Cena could do just that. Putting The Undertaker over. And then maybe next year we finally get a Cena going out. Like Cena riding off into the sunset. Because, enough. Like, John Cena's been great, but even Hogan took a break. Uh, and, and now the match that most people don't want to see. So it's basically the uh, paradox of Shinsuke and AJ. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And, and here's the thing. Dana White is a fucking dickhead. So Dana White came out uh, yesterday, and all but confirmed Brock is coming back. He actually did confirm it. He said Brock will be coming back to UFC, but he just didn't say when. And this just waters down the match. It's kind of akin to the WrestleMania 20, Brock versus Goldberg, where we knew both of them were leaving. And, it, like, the outcome's already predetermined. Not only just because we know wrestling is predetermined, but there's no unpredictability in it. So, uh, Roman Reigns is going to win this. 
Roman Reigns will probably feud with Seth Rollins after this for the Universal title. I'm just disgusted at this point that Vince Vince might potentially go with this as the last match uh, of the night. There's about four or five other matches I would go with being the headlining match. This is not it. For, for all the reasons. And this is no knock on Roman Reigns. I'm a Roman Reigns fan. I think he's a lot better than what people give him credit for. But this Brock Lesnar thing has been a cancer for them over the last few months with these UFC whispers. And they should have taken the title off of him. Gave it to Braun. And we should have got Braun versus Roman here. That should have been the match. Or Braun should have been involved in this as a triple threat. Because that's what the fans wanted. With that being said, those are my WrestleMania predictions. This is the Sunday Charm Podcast. And this is the end of my predictions. Alright. want to thank everyone who tuned in. This is the first edition of the Semi-Charm Podcast. We'll be talking sports, music, lifestyle, all things entertainment, pop culture, whatever comes to mind. Um, if you want to join a pod or have an idea for a pod that you want to jump on with me, um, please contact me. My email is itcantrain62486 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook. John Michael LaRusso. LaRusso spelt L-O-R-U-S-S-O. And uh, I look forward to providing new content every week. And uh, just stay posted on social media. I'll post this on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So definitely, definitely more content to come. With that being said, I'm going to dedicate this special first edition podcast to my grandmother who passed away uh, in October, uh, Lucretia LaRusso. She was the one who always made me feel special uh, no matter what and that I could accomplish anything I put my mind to. And I had more talents than what I actually have. Um, So yes, this is in dedication to her. I love her and miss her every day. Thank you.